and some clouds will increase. And we will have a chance of an isolated afternoon storm Tuesday. Overnight lows of 60s, some upper 50s. Tomorrow afternoon warms back to a high of the upper 70s to near 80. Close to 80 degrees, if not slightly above, with an afternoon storm possible on a partly cloudy Wednesday. Better chance of thunderstorms Wednesday night and Thursday. 60s in the morning, the afternoon highs. Low 80s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. At Social Security, we are always thinking of ways to save you time and make things easier. That's why we created My Social Security. A My Social Security account allows you to access your earnings history and benefits information, request a replacement Social Security card, get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. Post-Easter on a beautiful day outside. It is gorgeous. This is the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. Tom Fitzmorris is contemplating joining us. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. I'm here every day. Tom is here sometimes. Well, you can sit down, Tom, and join us if you'd like. We're here just waiting to hear from you. 5569696 is the number. Hope everybody had a great Easter. It was wonderful, perfect weather. Oh, my goodness, it was gorgeous. Couldn't have been any better. Marvelous. And uh, <laughs> I decided at the last minute that I was not going to forget that Easter was a big holiday. I was not going to have an Easter egg hunt here with kids as we used to. But that didn't mean that we couldn't mark Easter for the holiday that it was. So in a conversation with my sister-in-law, I asked her if she wanted to come over with my brother. And uh, shock of shock, she said yes, because they've been sort of hiding out this last year and decided on the spur of the moment that they would come. And I was thrilled about that. And I cooked a lot and realized... (laughs) I love to do that. I miss entertaining. I really do. I miss, uh, it's a tremendous amount of work. And when you're not used to it, you go, wow, that was a lot of work. But uh, it was really fun. And I'm, I'm so impressed with myself, with my success with the mandolin, that I, uh, I, another successful, still have all my appendages, Adventure with the mandolin and uh, and a big bowl of uh, homemade potato chips was devoured. And uh, I will keep doing that because I used to like the kitchen magician. As a matter of fact, I love the kitchen magician if I'm doing fries. But now that I have the mandolin, I can do chips. And that's really great too. But they're just perfect. Those chips are perfect. I had no idea that I could be as proud of myself as I am, and I really am. Anyway, that was one of the things that we served, uh, just because I felt like it. And uh, we did, (laughs) we used the big green egg. We used the big green egg. It was wonderful. 
Okay, so this is, yesterday was sort of a dangerous day. Between the mandolin mm. and lighting the big green egg the old-fashioned way. <laughs> I wonder if I'm going to hear people turning their radio off when they decide, I'm not going to listen to her anymore because she's crazy. So I really had my heart set, really had my heart set on grilling something yesterday. So I went to go get a pork butt, which they didn't really have the big Boston butts like you see them. They had a smaller version of that. But I did see ribs, so I picked up some ribs. And then I picked up a chicken, and I was going to do andouille, a chicken for gumbo later, and the ribs with assorted salads. And I almost, I didn't want to get too carried away, although I did anyway. I was reading the Jeff Morrow cookbook, which I absolutely love, but not for the same reasons that I usually love cookbooks. It's for a totally different reason. Like I would never cook anything in that book, except this one thing that I saw that was kind of interesting. It was corn cakes, like hoe cakes with fresh corn, and that looked good. But I didn't want to show off too much. I mean, I was already doing my fresh cut potato chips. Remind me to give you one of my cookbooks, because you I love your help. cookbook. Let me, that was another thing I was going to say. I've got so much to say. My gosh, it's been, I could do, I could do two hours without blinking an eye, without any phone calls, although we do recommend phone calls because it is a talk show, 5569696. But if you feel like you can't get an, a word in edgewise because I'm super excited today, I will, I will settle down and welcome your call, especially the sponsored call. So um, Tom's got great recipes. The website, nomenu.com, is full of great recipes. I only have two in there, so I'm not recommending them for my sake, but Tom has compiled quite a fantastic bunch of recipes that always come out. So one of the reasons that I had people over yesterday was that after all of the strawberry shortcake stories that we have entertained in the last few weeks, and the chastising that I have done to people who said they like that spongy thing, I decided I must do a real strawberry shortcake. And I didn't do little ones, I did a cake. So I went and got strawberries, which I have to say are not really all that great. Maybe they were a few weeks ago, but not so much so now. So I, they're, they're, maybe they were not quite ripe enough, but they were kind of hard. So I wound up having to actually crush them with my hands, like grapes, you know, and to make enough juice to actually soak into the cake, which tends to be a little dry. By its nature, it tends to be dry. But the strawberry shortcake recipe in Tom's I guess cookbook, but certainly on the website under it's, Strawberry it's Shortcake. It is terrific, fantastic. And Tom used to make them in the spring for our daughter's birthday in May because she's a strawberry fanatic. And what you do is you bake it as a cake and then make you know half-inch layers filled with strawberries and then you frost it with whipped cream and it's fantastic. So I did that. I did the fresh cut potatoes. 
And then I was going to use your coleslaw recipe, which is also fantastic. But I decided not to do coleslaw because there was this period where I didn't think we were going to get to grill. Because when I went to go get the cheater, the electric little prong thing that you plug in, get some heat, and have it light the charcoal in the big green egg, I threw them away. I had two of them. And I threw them away when I was cleaning up for Jude. So I had no starter. I wasn't going to go to the Home Depot because I don't do that on holidays. It's just a silly peccadillo of mine. So I, and they, I think they were closed anyway. So I had, I had no matches. <laughs> I was thinking of those people on the great food truck race where they had to actually start a fire like the cavemen in the snow. And I was just looking at that and I was thinking, I would be here months later. They would have taped all the shows, picked the winner, and I'd still be trying to light the fire. So I thought, okay, how can I light this fire? Because I was really stuck on the idea of having barbecue. So I rolled up a piece of shopping, brown shopping bag. And I don't have a fire here. We only have electric. So I turned on one of the electric burners and I let it sit for a long time. But first I took some more brown paper and I stuck it under the charcoals in a way that would aerate it. And I opened up all the ventilation in the big green egg and I had it ready for when I took the flaming one out of the kitchen to light it. So I kept it on the burner and I learned two things. I learned that I don't have to be as paranoid about the house burning down because it takes a long time for something to catch on the electric burner. So that was good news. And eventually I did get a tiny little spark on the paper. And it didn't really get that big as I walked it out to the deck. But by the time I got to the big green egg, it was kind of crawling up my arm. Not really, you know, but it was like heading upwards. So I had to get rid of that thing right away. So I touched it. I touched it to the paper. Actually, I didn't touch it. I was running out of time. So I just threw it into the big green egg and closed the door because it was, I could see it, a big flame. So then I, I closed the door and the big green egg was safe because you can have like 800 degrees in there. So I had all the ventilating stuff and it caught and the air caught it. So I lit the fire the old fashioned way almost. I mean, they didn't have electric stoves back then, but I was so proud of myself. I might never do it again a less dangerous way. I might never go back and get the electric thing to light the, uh, the barbecue pit. Anyway, that was the most excitement we've had at the Cool Water Ranch in a while. 5569696 is the number. If you want to chat with me, the crazy woman, please give us a call. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. 
Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care, hotel, and restaurant supply. Call 482-0294, 4815 Conti Street. Have you ever eaten something new and wondered where it had been all your life? We thought that about Double D Sausage after having it at a friend's house. But restaurants all over town serve it in their gumbo, red beans, and jambalaya. It's made right in Bogalusa, and the company is in its third generation. Double D Sausage is a light smoke, pure pork sausage with notes of sage, and other spices. Try the regular mild and hot and new flavors like the Cajun variety and jalapeno and cheddar. Double D Sausage in stores all over town. I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? Yes, indeed. Who doesn't like a Gershwin tune? I also got some Double D Sausage because, yeah, I saw it when I was going to get the Andouille. That's good stuff especially the jalapeno cheddar, but the hot one is good too, really good. So we had some sausage that made it to the grill. Now what happened was it took the grill a long time to actually get ready to smoke things. So I put the sausage on the grill once it got going. I wound up with doing the chicken in the oven just so we could have food to eat. And um, I, I wish I'd... I wish I had tried a little bit harder at first to get the grill started because I would have had a smoked chicken too. But I don't know. It would have taken a long time, I think, to smoke a whole chicken. So after we did the sausage, we had corn on the grill too. That took a while. And then we had, um, after all that came off, I put the ribs on. The uh, great technique that I've found is to have a, a the suits and suitors for the and, ribs and, and ribs so you're you're right there uh -huh. and a little bit more up into your hand and you get this kind of uh liquid conination of two things and they compound to to come together and it's really uh something for barbecue you know it what keeps you know it what? really smart and has that extra uh, i didn't put the liquid in because you have to have like a little dish of water to get some moisture in there in order to slow cook pork. And I usually always do it, but I was so distracted by all the other things, including, you know, everybody that was there, um, that I, I didn't put the water in at first. And then I realized, oh, I need the water. So I went to go put the water in. But by the time I did that, I think it had sort of set in a way that it was cooking without water and you have to cook pork with moisture. So once the water went in there, it was better. And then I wound up after everybody left forgetting what was out there on the grill. And so I went in to get it later in the evening and um, it was like pork jerky, but it was kind of good. The inside was still kind of moist. So it, it cooked for a long time. So we had the, the potato chips, which were just great. And then um, a corn, a black bean and corn salad with tomatoes, cilantro, purple onion. And it was, um, I'm trying to think of anything else that was in there. I could have put some avocado in there. And it had a dressing of lime juice, olive oil, garlic, and coriander and cumin. That, that's a refreshing, delicious salad, no matter how you crack it. And then I made some garlic bread. And that was it. That was all we had. Um, and the chicken, the chicken that was roast chicken. And it was cold by the time we sat down to eat it, so it didn't really matter because it was 
supposed to be cold as a salad, you know, cold salads and everything. It wasn't like a big Easter feast. It was more like a grilling event. So that was the big thrill of the day yesterday, to be able to light the fire the old-fashioned way with an electric burner. It was a good hot fire too, but it took a while for it to get going. Oh, it's time for a visit from Don, the domain uh, neighbor. Domain neighbor. Oh, and no, not tomato. Don, domain neighbor. <laughs> he. Uh, this is not well known, but he started his career as giving out ads uh, in on our commercial beads and all the rest of it, and all that comes together, and it does so because uh, his first. On the air. Don, the gourmet neighbor you're talking about, yes. Tom? Yes. Don, have you been calling Tom a long time? He must. Uh, he, he is proved to have been the food show. Yes, he's he's a pretty great addition to the food show. Did you hear my little story about lighting the grill? No, I, I did not because we are walking through the quarter, <laughs> and uh, I just decided to call and tell you what a gorgeous day it was. That's all. Oh, okay, so, so you what, are what going to... You are going to usurp the the Ron report, which is well, fine. You first not first call, first serve. So go ahead, tell me what's going on well, in the quarter. Well, as Ron as Ron has put it many, on many occasions, the quarter is back, and I'm going to tell you this: you're not putting this genie back in the bottle. I can promise you that, no matter what happens. I agree. It is. Yeah, it, this is done. This is done, and yeah. amen to that. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this is like the, so it's so beautiful. You have got to dine al fresco, period. So Tom, did you hear it? that? Go ahead. Oh, you have to. You have, there are so few days to do it, right? Yeah. What do right. we get? Like, like a total of four weeks all year, maybe? Yeah. Uh-huh. So, well, not us, because my daughter and I will do it in the rain. But anyway, go ahead. Ugh. But we're crazy, so, as I just proved. Go ahead. Well, we found ourselves back at Curio. Mm -hmm. And I have to say... It is a gorgeous view. The people could not possibly be any nicer. And the food is totally underrated. It really is. Agreed. I mean, it, it's excellent food. We had a, uh, I, the bread is awesome. I didn't, I don't know where they get their bread, but uh, I did the chicken BLT, which I almost never do. And it was very thin, like pane chicken that was pounded very thin. And it was served with uh, some hickory smoked bacon, some lettuce, a really nice uh, mayonnaise-based sauce that they made. But it had a little hint of uh, sweetness to it. But it was mm. the, the bread was just great. It makes great toast. I guess it's about a little over a half inch thick. So you mm -hmm. do have to kind of unhinge your mouth to eat this sandwich. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> very, very well worth it. Very very I think that's a good place. I, I've loved it since they started. I think it was back in maybe 2015. No, maybe 2017. Mm -hmm. uh, I, think, that, I think 17 yeah, probably. Yeah, 2017. Yeah. And um, I, I, I thought the first mm -hmm. chef was fantastic. Haley Vanderfleet. Mm -hmm. She's moved on. Yeah. But, um, but I think it's good. I think it's a good place. Yeah. I think it is the best restaurant among that group of restaurants. Oh, really? My, I don't know. I my, like a Tavolo. Well, I haven't been there yet because that's in Metri. So I don't know about that. <laughs> I, only go to, I only go to one place in Metri. Okay. Yeah. Well, you have to expand your Metri worldview. So go ahead. No, it's, it's just that's enough. I think one place in Metri is enough, don't you? Filippo. Filippo. That's all I need. I'm good. I love Filippo. 
I do. I, I do. I love, love, love Filippo. And yeah. none of this is helping my waistline. But uh, I know. I've convinced, I've convinced myself that <laughs> if I only eat three quarters of the sandwich and I leave one half slice of bread, that that means I've done something worthwhile. So I'm just going to continue to delude and lie to myself and move on with life. Right. You know what? My daughter-in-law, we need our comfort in these dark days. My daughter in my my sister-in-law and I are very good friends. She was one of the my my brother and sister-in-law came over yesterday. And she and I decided a couple of days ago, April 1st, that we were going to really crack down on a diet and we were going to do like a weight watchers thing where we support each other but what we've wound up doing is supporting our failures and so like we we're, we're not encouraging our success we're consoling each other over our failures i don't think that's the way it's supposed to work did you explain to her that you assumed because it was April 1st that this was just an April Fool's prank? Oh, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said <laughs> that. I really, really, really wanted to keep the tradition on the food show alive right. by the doing an is. April Foods, a Fool's yeah. joke. But I'm just not good at that sort of thing. And then I wound up forgetting all about it. So, yeah. um yeah. So I was going to say, if anybody wants to reminisce about April Fool's jokes that they loved on the Tom Fitzmaurice food show, we can do that today, too. Go ahead. What? There you go. Well, some things, you know, maybe are better left, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was never a fan of it anyway. I thought it was horrifying. But but it is a tradition on the show. What? Vintage Tom. Sure. It is vintage Tom for sure. It definitely oh. is. Well, I have a yeah, whole but... bunch of reporting of, of French Quarter events myself. We spent a couple of days eating down there also, and I found the oh, same really? thing to be true. Yes, it was packed. It's back. You're right. And yep. and hallelujah is the word. You know, Shannon always said, you know, we used to complain when all these tourists were here because it was hard to get around, hard to drive. We look mm-hmm. at them now and we say, we will never complain again. And I am so happy you are here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So happy you're here. Yeah. So. We went to GW not- Finn's Friday night and was it, it was, I'll tell you in a minute. It was hard to like, the line was starting by five o'clock <clears throat> and uh-huh. uh, we were going to drop in and it was, you know, we wound up at the bar because they were booked solid. And yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, it was it Good. was crazy. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. Yeah. I am so happy. So, yeah, so that I think we're just going to stay out all day and probably go have dinner somewhere later. Yep. It's just Good idea. Pretty, just, too pretty to go, just too pretty to go home. It is. Just Agreed. Too pretty to, it's a great day drinking day. I know you love that. <laughs> Listen, I'm happy for anybody having a good time. Go out and live your life. That's the way I feel. Amen. You know? Amen. Yes. You you have a great day and suck up this sunshine for sure. Okay. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. That was Don, the gourmet neighbor, who is uh, my living idol. He is enjoying his life every minute of every day. and Well, that, that's not really true, but he does have a good time. That's for sure. What's up, babe? That's what my show, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. It's my show. 
This is your show, the Tom Fitzmaurice this Food Show. That's the theme. Oh, we can go all Living the way life the and enjoying things. Around. All right, so Tom, when we come back, yeah. I want to run through our eating adventures of the last week. It was a very busy and a really well, expensive week. And we, uh, we did a lot of eating in the quarter, which reminds me that we need to go back and start doing that again because it was really, really, really nice. We had so many meals out that it was, well, I mean, we have meals out all the time, but we have them over close to home. And that doesn't count if you're reviewing restaurants, you know, not reviewing, but, you know, writing a diary about restaurants. But we wound up at Arno's on Thursday night to finally celebrate Tom's birthday at Arno's because he wanted to do that before the birthday became another birthday next year. And then uh, we wound up at GW Finn's on Friday night. And mm -hmm. uh, it was, you know, terrific is the word. I mean, it's an excellent first-class kind of restaurant. Anyway, speaking of excellent first-class kinds of restaurants, in 1910, Owen Brennan was born. Owen Brennan is a name uh, New Orleanians who like to dine out will know. He is the patriarch of the Brennan restaurant empire he opened his first one in uh founded brennan's at when he was 36 he was later joined in the business by his siblings adelaide john ella dick and dotty and then by his sons pip ted and jimmy brennan what came out of that combination was a style of grand dining that dominated the high end of the scale for decades in evolved form, it still does. Owen E. Brennan's first business was the Absinthe House. He opened it in 1943. He was a congenial host, and the place became a celebrated hangout. A running joke was that people would go to the Absinthe House to complain about Arno's. Owen leased the View Carré restaurant across the street from both the Absinthe House and Arno's and opened Owen Brennan's French and Creole restaurant. Brennan's was a success from the outset. You know what? There's too much of this to read in the minute that I thought that I had to do it. So we will continue this after the break. Right now, the bottom of the hour news, Louisiana Radio Network. Louisiana Radio Network. I'm Brooke Thorrington. Of the 834,000 Louisianans who've completed their vaccine series, only 126 have tested positive for COVID-19 so far. Matt Doyle has the story. That's about 0.02% of everyone who is fully vaccinated in the state. Full vaccination being two weeks after your second Pfizer or Moderna shot or two weeks after your single Johnson & Johnson shot. State Health Officer Dr. Joe Kanner says none of those 126 had to be hospitalized. If you do happen to contract COVID as a breakthrough case, your odds of having a very mild or asymptomatic infection are much, much, much higher. Kanner says this week, we have more vaccine available for you than ever before. I'm Matt Doyle. More than 2 million vaccine doses have now been administered in Louisiana. The Department of Health reports 1,259 new cases of COVID-19 in the state. Those numbers reflect Good Friday and the weekend update of numbers. And the state also says less than 300 are hospitalized with COVID and four new fatalities, LRN. Hey, it's me, Gus the Gopher for Atmos Energy. I dig all around the yard. Occasionally, I bump into a utility line and get a headache. But if you hit one with your shovel, backhoe, or ditch digger, you could cause a gas leak, disrupt service, or worse. So call 811 at least three business days before you or someone else digs in your yard to have those underground utility-owned lines marked. It's free, and it's the law. You dig what I'm saying? 
For more on safe digging, visit atmosenergy.com slash 811. I'm Jim Harper, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Agriculture is big business in our state. $11 billion a year for Louisiana's economy. When other businesses had to shut their doors, our essential Louisiana farmers and ranchers continue to provide each of us with the food and fiber we need to survive. That's why I'm a proud member of the Louisiana Farm Bureau family. Visit LAFarmBureau.org, the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. The Edwards Mortgage Group, the Mason Collective, NOLA Title Group, and ARC Insurance Consultants are the ones to call on for all of your home needs. Whether it's mortgages, closing, sales, or insurance, they take care of your home needs, and now they've come together to help take care of the needs of our beloved New Orleans music community by partnering with Bougainvillea Productions and Soul Project NOLA for Fridays from the Funky Uncle. Fridays from the Funky Uncle is a free webcast live from the one-of-a-kind Mardi Gras float, the Funky Uncle Lounge, that features New Orleans musicians playing live music combined with interviews and outreach news to raise money for the entertainment community of New Orleans that have been impacted by COVID-19. You can join in the funky fun time by simply going to www.funkyuncle.live every Friday night at 7 p.m. Coming to the Funky Uncle Lounge this Friday, April 9th, Mark Mullins. For more information on how you can support Fridays from the Funky Uncle, go to funkyuncle.live. I'll take Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island, too. Yes, indeed. 556-9696 is the number. If you want to talk to us, we are here. This is the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. I'm Marianne Fitzmorris. Tom is uh, up for the minute, and we'll be back up and down just visiting. I started to read the information in the almanac about Owen Brennan, the, the patriarch of the Brennan family, and the restaurant empire. Uh, let's see, he opened Owen Brennan's French and Creole restaurant. Brennan's was a success from the outset. It's freewheeling style, calling the food French cooking, but serving whatever sounded good to the customers changed the way first-class dining rooms operated. It did so well that the landlord insisted on a piece of the business when the lease came up for renewal. Owen told him, no, well, he didn't. That's not what Tom says in here, but anyway, no, and found a location on Royal Street. A few months before the new Brennan's was to open, Owen attended a dinner at La Confrérie des Chevaliers du Tastevin, a gourmet society in which he was a member at Antoine's. He ate and drank well and died in his sleep that night. He was only 45. He left a legacy of hospitality that lives on in all the Brennan restaurants and those owned by people who worked in them. And uh, he never, Tom never did meet Owen Brennan, but uh, he sort of was always an admirer from afar. Speaking of the Brennans, we went to a Brennan restaurant on Friday. So we had the, the show off on Friday. We had an, an open afternoon and decided to use it eating. And so we went and met a friend at the commissary, which is the next gen operation of the second generation of Brennan family. I'm trying to make sure that that's right. So Owen, Dick, okay, yes, correct. So um, this is the cousins from the Dick Brennan 
branch dick brennan branch of the family so there's dick his son dicky and his daughter lauren and so the cousins of those two second generation brennans operate the commissary so dicky's son richard and daughter sarah along with lauren's son jordy and i believe maybe the youngest one whose name I don't remember of Lauren's kids operate the commissary, which is a unique sort of hybrid place. It's kind of an indoor outdoor kind of place. It's a market slash restaurant. And we like it. We like it a lot. And we went there to have their fish fry plate, which, cause it was like my last day to do some fish fry hunting. So we went and uh, had their fish fry plate, which was a couple of pieces of fried, I want to say, Des Almonds catfish and a bean salad, which really looked like succotash. It was all the makings of succotash in a salad. And it was really good. And then we had coleslaw, which was part of that plate. And the coleslaw was unusual. It had a lot more greens to it than you normally see in a coleslaw. And there was a big uh, slice of cornbread. And that was, I think, I want to say $18, $17. And then um, I think Tom, I don't think you got anything else. And then our friend had a grilled cheese, which was um, like an onion soup on a sandwich. It was grilled cheese with Gruyere and caramelized onions and, um, and that onion soup flavor. You loved that, didn't you, Tom? Mm -hmm. You liked that grilled cheese you had at Commissary, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you really That's did. That's one. Three point peeps of little peeps. Yeah, we got we got a, a pile of fresh cut fries with an aioli that was good. It was a it was a huge portion, and um and then uh, we also had on the table a smoked trout dip with fresh cut potato chips, and had a nice conversation with Richard. And uh, it was a good it was a good visit. We spent a long time there. We were planning to hit up a couple of other fish fries, just to have some more fish fry information. But first of all, we left really full from that, and then we had a really nice conversation with our friend and just kind of hung around for a while. So um, Dominic massa who is a producer at wwl was our companion and he likes to look up old photographs on the internet and there's apparently a company that took all of the i guess microfiche from uh from the times picayune and bought all of the images and you can purchase them um through eBay. So he finds these pictures. Anyway, he brought a picture of Tom from his WGSO early days. And, 
and it was Tom sitting behind the microphone. And I always enjoy Dominic's finds. And uh, he brought that, so we were laughing about that. But anyway, it was a good lunch. And we, we learned, I learned from that conversation with Richard that I was completely wrong about Jordy, their cousin, and his undoing making and smoking. And um, Richard is making it. And they will be marketing it. They, you can buy it there at the commissary. And Jordy is, in fact, a graduate of culinary school and not a guy in finance who just quit. His dad is the guy in finance. So my mistake, my correction, uh, Jordy Brower, who is the cousin of Richard and Sarah in, in the business with them, is actually um, a graduate of culinary school. All right, 5569696 is the number. That's our Brennan report from uh, Friday. We were going to go pick up a cod sandwich at Dat Dog just to see what that was like, but didn't make it there. And also we were going to go, where was the other one? There was a third one we were going to do, but we just skipped. It was so busy in the quarter when we got to the quarter that we decided it would be in our best interest to try to get one of the first spaces at GW Finns because we had no reservation. We didn't know if we were going to be there or not anyway. So we we went there and got into uh, the bar at GW Finns and had a fish plate from GW Finns, and Tom had a sheep's head with crab meat and asparagus that he loved and it was a really nice meal that's just a great restaurant they celebrated their 20th anniversary and uh we talked to gary wallerman who called to us when we were leaving i thought he wasn't there because i asked a manager and he wasn't there when i asked but um gary came in later and uh we talked to him outside for a little bit but they celebrated their 20th year anniversary just recently and uh, congratulations to them. It's just a really good restaurant. Really, really good. So we had our usual too many biscuits. And, uh, it, you know, everybody knows everyone. I mean, the, uh, the waitress behind the bar said to me, you look familiar. And um, I told her, she was like, were you, at, were you at the cookbook party for Tenny Flynn? And I said, yeah, we were. And I told her who Tom was. And and we started talking. It was Philip Bucheri's wife, and they live in Chalmette. Philip Bucheri has just taken over the helm at um, Mimi's in Chalmette. So we had a nice conversation of talking to her. It was fun. It was being, it was like the good old days. And uh, we definitely planned to do more of that. It was almost like feeling normal. Five five six nine six nine six is the number, and the fish plate there. Uh, Tom had, like I said a grilled um, sheep's head with some crab meat, some almonds in a meniere. It had asparagus under it. I'm trying to think of what else was on that plate, but it was a beautiful plate. I got an appetizer of um, seafood gumbo. I had two gumbos this week. Um, who was it? Is it named Don, I think, who's always looking for the gumbo? Mary Lee had what she said was the best chicken andouille gumbo ever at Arno's the night before. 
And then the seafood gumbo that we had at GW Finn's was spectacularly good. So um, we had two good gumbos to add to the pile for Don. Are you, are you trying to say something, Tom? I've got something with everybody who has gone to Two Jacks. Oh, I'm not saying. Two Jacks? No, I was going after. Um, Arno's? Arno's. Yeah. Excuse uh -huh. me. They, for some reason, I confused yeah. them. Yeah. They have kind of the same kind of calculism. Uh-huh. Or... They're both grand dames. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, uh, two terrific restaurants, and they had a good con. Uh, whoever gave the contract uh, on uh, putting the good one really jammed in. But the restaurant, Arno's, had five different baked oysters. Yeah. Oysters. Mm -hmm. That's five. Yeah. I, I, that's an all-time record as far as I can tell. <laughs> So, Tom is uh, obsessed with the oysters Arno. Hmm? You're obsessed with oysters Arno. It's always been there. Yep. I mean, that's my great thing. So oysters, yep. good. Well, we haven't gotten to talk about the Arno's dinner yet. So when we come back, we're going to do that. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. More of the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show when we come back. Basil's Ace Hardware has been the center for your grilling needs for over 15 years. That's when I first got my big green egg, which I use more than ever lately. Fred also has Traeger grills and Weber grills and all the accessories for them. Charcoal and pellets and propane, as well as rubs and grilling utensils. Remember, a great cookout always begins with the right hardware. Basil's Ace Hardware, 4419 Transcontinental Metairie, 888-8588. Keith Young Steakhouse on the North Shore in Madisonville is everything anyone thinks of when a steakhouse comes to mind. The environment is elegant and handsome. The service staff is knowledgeable, attentive, and friendly. And most important, the steaks are superb. The steakhouse sides are also great. Keith Young Steakhouse, 165 Highway 21, Madisonville, 985-845-9940. Night and day, you are the one. All right, I love that tune. Uh, we, I want to tell you that the... Um, Crawfish, well, you already know the crawfish season. Everyone's probably had several pounds of crawfish. Crawfish season is here, and Basil's Ace Hardware not only has all of your grilling supplies, but they have your boiling supplies, too. Pots, burners, all the accessories for that. They have the rocket pots, those super pots with boiling the boiling pots with the studs welded to the bottom to make the water boil faster. They have the crawfish washers to clean the crawfish, the boil boss to cool the pot down without diluting the seasoning. That is Basil's Ace Hardware, your grilling headquarters and your burling or boiling headquarters. We like to say burling here. I mean, some people do. I like to tease them about saying it. 5569696 is the number. That's Basil's Ace Hardware. It is your spring cooking, outdoor cooking central headquarters. Speaking of crawfish, I'm sure a lot of people had crawfish over the weekend. If you had some great crawfish, tell us where you had it. I want to go get some boiled crawfish just so I can make another one of those crawfish tarts. So I was thinking about making a crawfish dip for my new obsession of the um, homemade potato chips. Five five six nine six nine six. So we went to Arno's on Thursday night, and Tom was thrilled. Weren't you? 
What? You were thrilled to be back at our news. Oh, I was. Uh, this yep. is a restaurant I've been going to since I was uh, a teenager because I thought it aided such an interesting uh, look at uh, all of these great restaurants that young people have never seen before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we got that going today, and uh, uh, our order today was uh, catch the half coffee. I, it's a long story. Tom, what and, do you think of – Is what's your – favorite one of those old restaurants? Uh, Arno's. I, I've uh, always liked the, uh, it's my Antoine's. I is your say, favorite. That's your. Antoine's is my favorite. Uh, but it's not the best. But, right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah. Uh, That's what Tom says. Antoine's is my favorite restaurant, but it's not the best restaurant. No, but very it's good. It's just your favorite. But you think Arno's is the best Grand Dame? Grand Dame? Yeah. Oh, no. Of the Grand uh, Dames, do you I think see. Arno's yeah. is the best one? Uh, it absolutely is. Yeah. Okay. For, for my... Uh, yeah, to your taste. Toasts. Yeah. And the, the oyster thing that I mentioned, that's, that's just yeah. a knockout. You can practically, you have to give it a, a, a break off uh, sometimes because it's so big. Yeah. They were, I, they were very hot. Those were the best things at Arno's that night. I did not think it was all that great a night. Oh, Let's sorry. go to Darren. Hi, Darren. Hey, guys. Hi, happy, hi. Uh, happy nice Easter. Easter. Did you have a nice Easter? Was, happy Easter. It was outstanding. We uh, we boiled crawfish. We also had for the non crawfish eaters, we had the famous root beer ham. Ooh. And uh, baked macaroni and mm. uh, potato salad. And actually, we have a family member that has shellfish allergies. So, but she loves the flavor of shellfish. So she actually did a casserole using probably not everybody's favorite, but imitation crab meat. And actually it, it was, you know, I guess when you have to be creative, when you can't, when you simply can't eat those things. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was pretty good. Good. But, uh, okay. but the crawfish were excellent. One of our new favorite things is, and we'll probably do it tonight. So we'll take some of the leftover potatoes Put them on a sheet pan, smash them, then take a piece of that soft garlic from the crawfish mm -hmm. boil, put that on top of that potato, a little bit of olive oil, mm. get them good and crisp in the oven, and they're so good. Oh, that does sound good. That sounds really, really good, actually. Is. No cheese really involved? Is. No cheese you involved? Know, it's funny. I thought about that last night. I was like... You know, you, we could sprinkle a little bit of something, some type of cheese. Mm -hmm. Don't you agree? Yeah, but I'm trying to think of what would be good. Tom, what do you think would be good with a crab boil flavor? Because it's such an assertive flavor. I wonder if the cheese would just get lost. I would say a basic cheddar would be mild enough to, if you were going to have to do a cheese. I wouldn't do anything with an assertive flavor. Yeah. Well, if I mean, you're in a mood for that, I... Uh... Seafoods, as a matter of fact, seafood in general doesn't go very well with cheese. Uh, I know you've always said that. Yeah, it's just it takes all the yeah the Gregor yeah. you know, you know, says on that here. because I'm not a fan of this, but my dad likes this. So there are some Asian restaurants that like to take salmon and or mussels and they'll bake them with cheese on top. And it just doesn't make a connection for me. None of it connects to anything that you just said. <laughs> it's 
it's like I know. I know. salmon so I, and you know, mussels. Palate. Jeez, yeah. Huh. Yes. You know, but um, but in and our our uh, crawfish boils are always really good and traditional. I mean, we don't get crazy. Yeah. Probably the uh-huh. craziest thing we throw in, we do throw in a few artichoke, uh-huh. but uh, artichokes. But you know, it's the traditional sausage, potatoes, well, corn. Well, that's salt mainly, you know. Yeah. And it's so good. It really is. But I think you do get, you know, crawfish is one of those things. Once you've had it once or twice, it's like, okay, I'm done. You know, That's somebody enough. texted me that the same thing. He said, um, I'm done with this already. So I don't know, yeah. though. The lines at Mandeville Seafood are pretty, um, they debunk <laughs> that theory. <laughs> they snake all the way out to the highway. Them. What? What? Yeah, people just absolutely love it for whatever the reason. They do. And then, you know, yeah. here's the thing. What a good thing for Louisiana crawfish families and yeah. for them to earn a living. And But when I think, I, I, I will tell you, without a doubt for me, if if I knew that I could only have one type of seafood for my final meal from Louisiana, it's it would not be crawfish. So. Oh, agreed. Oh, absolutely. But it is kind yeah. of fun every now and then. And it's also the camaraderie of sitting around just picking yeah. crawfish. That's nice. you know. Oh, without a doubt. And you know, that, that might be yeah. a fun kind of question to ask. I think if it was my last meal, I would want just a big, fat blue crab. That sweet Really? Meat. Really? Yeah. I think I would just want that sweet You would spend time blue. picking a blue crab. I would, but well, I'm, savoring pretty, I'm, pretty, it, yeah. I'm pretty good at picking it. And of course I love to eat the fat inside of the head of the shell. Mm-hmm. And, and so that would. Well, it's an activity in itself. Yeah. That, yeah. that would, but, but you know what? It's funny because I mean, I love oysters. I know Tom loves oysters as, and I also love Louisiana shrimp. So yeah, so it would be, I don't know, maybe I'd do a, 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 a all three. So, well, it's hard to like beat Louisiana seafood. There's no question about that. But I don't know. For some reason, I don't really think of crawfish as <clears throat> Louisiana seafood. I think of it as sort of an outlier. I don't know why. Well, I guess because and, it's and, it's it's a lower sort of tier in terms of of excellence. You know, the crab meat is big. It's expensive. Right. There's oysters. There's shrimp. And then I think of crawfish is being sort of the lowly stepchild well i can tell you this when i I, obviously i mean i'm back in the private sector now when i did work for state government i worked for the department of wildlife and fisheries the 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 main the main commercial was without a doubt was oyster shrimp finfish and crab those were the four bigs uh those were i'm surprised you're saying crab as fourth I could see well, oysters. No, I would no order in, in no order. I, I, I believe. Well, you know, it'd be interesting to find out what the order would be, though. If you had to put oh, those things you. in an order, what would the order be? No doubt. So, Marion, I'll share with you. I was the former director of commercial fisheries education for the department, and oyster, without a doubt, is the crown jewel. Without a doubt. Is it? Okay. It so you know definitively jewel. the answer of this question. All right. So. As consumer preferences, give us the list and and how far down 
each one goes. In, terms in other of words, oysters is the crown jewel, then what, 50% well, less think, or what? But I think oysters the crown jewel in terms of just overall awareness, the demand nationally from the, for the Louisiana oyster within the mm-hmm. state. I would say if you asked, if, if you were to, to poll Louisianians, it may be shrimp first. Okay. But make no mistake, oyster is without a doubt. It is. It was. It was where most of my focus was. It is where a tremendous amount of time is spent because it's such a delicate fisheries. It's impacted by so many things. There's so. Well, it's also got that, that bad rap too that you have to watch out for. Like you say, it's it's a national. It's a national demand, but for example, Tom and I were talking about the Grand Central Station Oyster Bar. They've never carried our oysters. I want to say, and I could be wrong, but I think I'm right. At one time, the Louisiana oyster was the only Atlantic or Eastern Seaboard oyster allowed in California. Well, I know that they love them out there. I've said this before. I used to take the middle flight to Los Angeles, and a friend of mine that works for Delta said that whole belly is full of seafood. And I, and, that's, and that's, I, they call and, out the money maker. Go ahead. What? And having traveled the country with that, Marianne, I will tell you that nothing compares to this oyster. And, well, and of course, you, I would always Tom won't argue with that. But it was just, it's, it's hard to beat. And then, of course, you know, as I was, as my career was ending, the big topic was with blue crab, Louisiana blue crab, that really Louisiana never really sees the jumbo anymore because before it's caught, it's already paid for it's and gone. sent to Maryland. <laughs> it's gone. Yep. In yep, fact, Marion, I want to say this is just unbelievable. In the very end, this is going back to maybe 2017-ish, our jumbos, Maryland was paying between 8 and $9 per crab. Yeah. Per crab. Yeah. Well, you know, you're going to go with the, 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 best, uh, the best ticker price. You know, there's no two ways about that. But there's a lot of great crab meat. You don't have to have the big jumbo lump. I mean, they, I they do for... The, their yeah. style of crab cake, they do have to have that. Our yeah, style of crab, we don't. Well, and you know, and, and I've said this, and, and, and obviously I'm familiar with Mandeville Seafood, and I actually, I think, very highly of it. Just living on the South Shore, I frequent Captain Sid's. And Marianne, when I go there, I get their combination, medium-large, and they're mm-hmm. just perfect. I, I think this whole thing about needing the jumbo no, that's not really necessary. So it's compare really, really quickly. Com- compare really quickly. You've, all, you've only got a, a minute to answer this. Compare Schaefer and Rusich with Captain Sid's. You know, I just, um, Cap, the thing I like about Captain Sid's is the quality of service. They're okay. so friendly. They're okay. so customer centric. They never get it wrong. And uh-huh. they, they, they speak with their customers. They listen. You know, they're on social media, which I think is kind of cool. But and then, and then the quality of the product. 
It's just, okay. it's always consistent. I, I was just wondering what the comparison was because, you know, Schaefer and Rusich was 50 years, I think, last year. I don't know how long Captain Sid's been around, but um, but it's yeah, just it, funny that the two of them are right next to each other. I was just wondering if you went back and forth. Jams. I think both Wait, of them what? are jams. You know, it's, they're jams. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they are. And, you know, they it's are. funny, Mary, and I'll leave you on this note to my wife. Yeah, I got 10 is, seconds. She's a school teacher at St. Louis King of France, so she smells that stuff. All day long. <laughs> and she said it's like it's ready to kill her. <laughs> uh, all right. Take care, Darren. We will be back after the top of the hour news from the Louisiana Radio Network. More of the Tom Fitzmaurice Food Show after that. You're listening to WGSO New Orleans. Call us at 556-9696 when we come back. It's 3 o'clock. The best place for cutting-edge news and talk about southeastern Louisiana is the John Mason Show. Every Tuesday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. on WGSO 990 AM, broadcasting live from the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. He recently spoke with Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who he said he believes doesn't understand the migrant situation at the U.S.-Mexico border. Secretary Mayorkas and I had a conversation. I really felt at the end of the conversation that he was divorced by reality. He tried to sign off by saying to me the border is secure and I pushed back and said Mr. Secretary that type of communication will ring with complete inauthenticity in the state of Arizona. Google did not infringe Oracle's copyright when it used that company's programming code in the Android cell phone operating system. The Supreme Court ruled Monday overturning a lower court ruling that favored Oracle. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey everybody. If you've ever thought about heirloom beans as a storable survival food, I've got great news. In fact, I'll bet it's the best news you've heard in a while. Here's the thing. We've just received a fresh batch of gourmet heirloom beans, survival soup beans. These beans are gorgeous, highly nutritious, and above all, with no hesitation whatsoever, the best tasting beans in the entire world. The best part? We've dropped the price by 33% this week for listeners who know higher food prices are coming and want an inflation hedge you can actually eat if you want to. Gets even better. With your permission and with a high regard for your health and well-being, I also want to send you two pounds of what we think is the single most underrated superfood in the world, period. Go to SoupBeanSurvival.com. That's SoupBeanSurvival.com. And discover the real reason we're giving this unusual superfood away at SoupBeanSurvival.com. That's SoupBeanSurvival.com. A third batch of $1,400 stimulus checks is out the door. The latest round reportedly includes plus-up payments to those eligible for more money if their 2020 tax returns have been processed by the IRS. More than 130 million people so far have received checks that were authorized in the massive stimulus bill that was recently signed by President Biden. The IRS is urging taxpayers to get their taxes filed so they can take advantage of all money coming to them. The second week of witness testimony is underway in the murder trial of former police officer Derek Chauvin, who's accused of killing George Floyd. The doctor who pronounced Floyd dead and the Minneapolis police chief are expected to take the stand this week. In a pretrial motion hearing, Judge Peter Cahill issued a split ruling allowing another part of Chauvin's body-worn camera to be shown to the jury. Chauvin facing three charges including second-degree murder and Floyd's death. You're listening to USA Radio News. 
Now you can fly anywhere in the world and pay discount prices on your airline tickets. Book a flight today to London, Paris, Madrid, or anywhere else you want to go. And pay a lot less guaranteed. Call the International Travel Department right now at low-cost airlines. 800-215-5141. 800-215-5141. That's 800-215-5141. Reaction continuing on Capitol Hill to President Biden's $2.25 trillion infrastructure package that he released last week. Missouri Republican Senator Roy Blunt calling the plan a big mistake as only 30% of the $2.25 trillion is actually on infrastructure spending. Former National Economic Council Director Larry Kudlow says this plan is not good for businesses. If this stuff passes, you're going to lose probably... A trillion dollars of investment in the next couple of years, you're going to lose about a trillion dollars in wages in the next couple of years. You're probably going to see GDP, uh, which is booming right now because of the vaccines and the reopening of the economy. Absolutely booming. That will stop. Well, tonight we'll have fair skies tomorrow. We're coming in sunny to begin the day, but by afternoon, some clouds will increase. And we will have a chance of an isolated afternoon storm Tuesday. Overnight lows of 60, some upper 50s. Tomorrow afternoon warms back to a high of the upper 70s to near 80. Close to 80 degrees, if not slightly above, with an afternoon storm possible on a partly cloudy Wednesday. Better chance of thunderstorms Wednesday night and Thursday. 60s in the morning, the afternoon highs, low 80s. Ralph Sanji, WGSO. At Social Security, we are always thinking of ways to save you time and make things easier. That's why we created My Social Security. A My Social Security account allows you to access your earnings history and benefits information, request a replacement Social Security card, get a proof of income letter, estimate and apply for benefits, and more. Save time. Go online. Open a My Social Security account at ssa.gov slash myaccount. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. This is the second hour of the food show. I was waiting for you to take it back, Tom, but uh, there, you go. there you go. Hmm. But I just kept watching you fumble with your headset. I was thinking, okay, at some point he's good, but you know, the music was running out. Shall we go to Roy, our sponsored call of the day? Roy, oh, I'm exci- get no I'm prize. I know. I'm See, very excited it- to be the sponsored call. I mean, it's, it's only one, a show, so this is your moment. So we're waiting well, with had, bated breath. Cava Bistro is sponsoring Roy's call. Go ahead. I had something to eat last Thursday night that it seems like we used to hear a lot about in the week leading up to Easter, but we haven't heard about lately. In fact, Tom used to devote a whole show just to this one item on Holy Thursday mm-hmm. every year. And that would what be gumbo zerb. Ah, yeah, you know, you haven't heard much about it. No, yeah. I never see it anywhere. My, my sister to... has hit a, a streak of nostalgia for the last few years, and she reminisces about our grandparents making that when she was like three years old. 
and they would go to the Treme market every year and buy all these greens, and my grandmother would cook them and wash them, and my grandfather would chop them with a meat cleaver, and it would take all day, and she just loved gumbo's Arab. Now, by the time by the time I came along, they either quit making it or I ignored it because I would never eat greens as a young child. <laughs> Have you eaten it since then? Well, my I, my sisters. Okay, so she she started to make it every Thursday before Easter about four or five mm-hmm. years ago, and so I'll go there and it's pretty good. I I don't like much in the way of cooked greens except for maybe mm-hmm. cream spinach, but this is actually mm-hmm. pretty good. I can. I could tolerate it once a year. That's about it. <laughs> well, what you know, Tough. the idea of just boiling a bunch of greens. When you think of a gumbo, I mean, I know a gumbo is just a compilation of things, and it could be anything. But um, what's what's the stock? Is the stock a a, a meat you know, stock? I don't. Or? I don't, I don't think no, she uses the stock, be. but she she does put a blonde roux in it, and she does put uh-huh. some meat in it. So she puts some sausage in it. And, well, I thought the uh, whole idea of gumbo sandwich was that it's supposed to be meatless. <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that I, mean, I don't, I don't know. know why it would be if it was a Holy Thursday thing. Well, I don't I know. I think in Holy, Holy Thursday, Week, meat's okay, but maybe it's Good right. Friday that it's not. I'm, I'm not sure anymore. Yeah. That's, that's all changed uh-huh. so much. Right, everything's but, changed. It has been, but it's uh, it's taken in a few ideas that, uh, a lot of people couldn't really get their heads around. Tom, what's the connection between gumbo, zerb, and Holy Thursday? Is is there a Holy Thursday connection in particular? Uh, they kind of work in uh, oral. And uh, what what you got going there is, just to pick somebody particular, uh, the lady who's run Leah all, Chase. Leah Chase. Uh-huh. And uh, I went to one of his, actually probably more than about five of them, uh, spots where he went to uh, all the pickups, all of the uh, d- deliveries and everything that they were doing by Leah Chase. But it just kept getting his, her menu and her uh, came higher and higher and higher. And then it clicked off. And in the meantime, Leah Chase, he, she's out there now. And she had a, a garbage truck. This was for moving stuff around, really. It, it, there was nothing wrong with the food, believe it or not. But they, they delivered things with that. And, uh, what? I'm serious. What? And on, and on um, Thursday. On the, the, uh, a Holy Thursday? Holy Thursday. You know, this... this... Go ahead. Leah Chase was right behind uh, and she had quite a a rack here. It it was something that had several meats in it, even though- Yeah, I was about to say, I'm looking at Emerald's recipe and it's got bacon, Bacon, ham hock. The the whole thing, brisket. Okay, so it is not a meatless thing. You're eating Where did I get the idea that it was meatless? I don't don't know why. Does anybody know the- I thought that as well. I thought it was meatless, but my sister has Leah Chase's recipe, which she does not follow because it's too big. It, it, the volume uh-huh. is so large. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, I thought it was supposed to be meatless too, but meat, there is meat in it. No, in that's not something they did. Because I have, a, I have an image of gumbo there being uh, the ingredients from Oysters Rockefeller, which has no spinach in it, but it was just a whole bunch of 
you know, parsley and other greens from a relish tray ground up and put into, um, you know, covering an oyster. I mean, that seems like if you put water to that, like what would be the point? You know what I mean? Just a bunch of of greens, you know? Well, the, it the seems other like it's got to have some sort of meat. It, huh? The other oddity is that it's supposed to have an odd number of greens. I'm, I'm not sure why. Okay, we're going to have to do a little research on gumbos there. Why does it have to have an odd number of greens, Tom? What? Why does it have to have an odd number of greens? Gumbo's an herb. odd number yeah, of greens? Yeah, that's um, gumbo's herb. Yeah, Roy is saying that his tradition is that there's an odd number of greens. Yeah, uh, that was uh, part of the entire okay. package. Thanks. And it wound up in these oversized garbage cans uh, and... Well, that's what I don't they know look if I like. Let Tom guy. keep talking about garbage. <laughs> and it, it uh, well, and then everybody came trouble, back Tom. after it too. That's uh -huh. how easy going. Somewhere it. there's some a nugget in there. Anyway, yeah. they one thing after another. They had several to try tries. Detrite. Did you like detritus? Did you like did you like gumbo's air, Tom? Do you like oh, it, it's hair? incomparably wonderfully is great. It? It's is fantastic. It? Do you like it, Roy? Is uh, now that you're older, do you uh, like it? I I I'd say it's okay for once a year. Okay. All right. So maybe for me, right. I, I'm not a big I, fan of greens. The only greens cooked that I enjoy are cream spinach, and uh -huh. and that's spin about dip, it. Um, spin dip because with of all the, the cheese on it. Yeah. Right. Okay. But and of uh, course, the, the oil, collard, collard greens, are greens or turnip greens yeah. or whatever, I don't, I don't care. But you got to have a lot of meat in it. Oh, you don't? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I like it if you have a lot of meat in it. All right. Thank you for calling, Roy. You are sponsored by Cava Bistro. That is C-A-V-A. -A. It is fine dining in Metairie. Just the honor, Roy. That's it. Just the honor. All right. Great. Thanks. <laughs> No Take food. care. We Thanks. Want you to sit down and we're Bistro. Blast Make a reservation for Tuesday or Wednesday. It gets a little busy around the weekends. Cava Bistro is on Transcontinental, across from Basil's Ace Hardware. It's a tiny little place. It's a beautiful place with a small, delicious menu. Cava, C-A-V-A Bistro. Fine dining in Metairie. Let's go to Michael seventy five. Hello. We have time. Hey there. Happy Easter. Did you have a nice Easter? Oh, fabulous. Uh, but uh, Holy Thursday was a great day for me. Uh, I got a text from a friend of mine that uh, Rouse's was having a special beef tenderloin for the uh, the whole loin for seven ninety nine a pound. So I spent $50, trimmed it up, and I got 15 filets out of filet mignons out of that. And I put them on a green egg for Easter. Ah, good. Did you have 15 people over? No, but I didn't put all 15. Oh. I put, I put uh, oh, okay, six, good. six of them on, and I saved nine of uh -huh. them in the freezer. Uh -huh. and, yeah, and that was good, good idea. I wonder right if now, that's still going on. No, I don't think so. Mm, all right. But you can check. You can check. Uh, but anyway, I, uh, I'm stuck in line here at Popeye's because it's Monday, and I'm getting the best red beans and rice in history. Okay. And, and, of course, uh, <laughs> the spicy chicken breast, the best in history there, too. Oh, that is course, good. That is everything I say is my opinion, but I think it's uh, actually uh, wasting verbiage if you keep saying it's my opinion. Everybody knows it's your opinion. Who else could it be? 
true, Michael. Very true. I don't. Okay. Uh, I don't concur with that opinion. But anyway, um, you certainly <laughs> I love welcome your, it. I love, here. I love your au contraires to me. But uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, oh, speaking dad, of which, Michael. Speaking of which, did you hear that I made a real strawberry shortcake? Real. I've had that strawberry shortcake with a biscuit-like uh, 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 consistency on the bottom. I thought it was terrible. But go ahead. <laughs> See, it's just my opinion here. Now, the what makes it to me, what makes it good? First of all, it's not very sweet, and it's not very. It's got a. It's got a really uh, dense texture to it, and so when you put the strawberry with all the juices and you let it sit for a while, it moistens it, and then when you put the whipped cream on it, it's a really nice mouthful of food. I think. Well, anyway, well, I love that on the little sponge cakes, the little uh, little cakes. Uh, it, it makes it perfect. Now, speaking of whipped cream. Contraire. Okay, <laughs> look. Speaking of whipped cream, uh, we were in the we were in Paris, so we took a little thirty mile uh, jaunt to uh, northwest of Paris and to a place called Chanty, which the Americans. I knew you were going to say that. I knew where you were going with this. Go ahead. We're going uh -huh. to pronounce Chantilly, and of course they're uh -huh. famous for their they're famous for their Chantilly lace. Yeah, pretty uh -huh. face. You remember the big Bapa? Yep, I, do. I mean, I don't know, but I mean, that's I know who you're talking about. Line, that's yeah. a famous line from the Big Bop. Yes. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, fa they're famous for that. They're famous for their horses. It's the horse center of the world, racehorse center of yes. the Thurbridge. And mm -hmm. uh, they're also famous for the, what they call the creme chanty, the whipped cream from, and we had it over there. Nothing ever have I had, in the best restaurants I've ever had whipped cream close to theirs. So if you could put that on that sponge cake, the little baby sponge cake with the strawberries and creme chantilly, that would be incredible. Okay, without the sponge cake. Anyway, uh, okay. Michael, do you, do you want to hold on, or are you, uh, or did you, are you have you gone through your list yet? No, I'm still in line at Popeyes. Hold on, I got one last thing. Okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I'll let you do it before okay, the break. You were go talking ahead. about the grand dames. Now this is this is related. I've already made plans. I've, I've issued an edict called Ashes to Ashes. You take my ashes after you fry me and uh, split them up into five little bags. The first one you drop off is my favorite restaurant, Galatoire's. Uh, while my family's in the car, they just take it and drive down bourbon and just uh, drop it on the street. Just, they're probably uh, so innocuous you wouldn't even know. Then they go... <laughs> Then they go by the Supreme Court, drop oh it there. Then gosh. they go to, to Britannia oh. Street, the Opera House. You drop the third one there. The, the fourth one you drop uh, in front of the fairgrounds on Gentilly. And the fifth at Harrow's Casino, uh, Harrow's Casino on the canal. So that's my, my ashes will be dropped in five places, including Why the Why did Grand I let Dime Michael Galatoire. finish his list? I, I, I shouldn't have let Michael finish his list. All right, Michael. Thank you. Yeah. 5569696 <laughs> is the number. We will be back after these messages. One of my all-time favorite restaurants is the legendary Pascal's Manali. It's now open for lunch Wednesday through Friday with happy hour specials in the dining room every day. Tuesdays, enjoy two-for-one appetizers and Hans's vodka martinis. Wednesday and Thursdays, wine and beer specials. Friday's lunch martinis are $5. Say hello to my friend Thomas at that great oyster bar when you go to Pascal's Manali, 1838 Napoleon Avenue. Reservations are recommended. Call 895-4877. When you're awake, the things you think come from the dreams you dream. 
Thought has wings and lots of things are seldom what they seem. Yes, that is so very true. I want to mention that uh, Jack Mel Inn is a place that you should go. It is on the North Shore. It is in Hammond. It is a destination restaurant. It's been there for 43 years. Paul Murphy is the owner. He really knows how to run a restaurant. He knows how to find great talent to put in the kitchen. Josh Garrick is there. He is a huge fan of Josh Garrick, as am I, and so many other people that go to Jack Mel Inn. Paul is also an enophile and has a great wine list. When you go to Jack Mel Inn, you will see that it is, first of all, a beautiful place. It's a romantic place. It's got six fireplaces and a bunch of little cozy spots where you can dine with someone that you really dig and have spectacularly, and I do mean upper 10%, that quality food at Jack Mel Inn. In addition to that, they have some great ways to enjoy the restaurant. Tuesday night is steak night. They have a great Sunday brunch. On Friday, they have two courses for $15. That is a fantastic value. Or you can do it the regular way and just make a reservation and go for dinner some evening. Jack Mellon is also a good place for a wedding or a special party on their beautiful patio. It is located at 903 East Morris in Hammond, and it is definitely worth the drive. Call and make a reservation today. The phone number is 985-542-0043. That's Jack Mel Inn. Also want to mention that the Anchor is open, as is Chifunctus. Chifunctus has been open, but the Anchor uh, comes and goes with the weather. So it is open again for the spring now. The Anchor is the downstairs casual part of these two sister restaurants. It is located in the old building that was Friends. It's nothing old about it. It's beautifully renovated. It's downstairs on the water. The menu is updated and expanded for this new season. It's where you're going to find great uh, smoked meats or poor boys, uh, good salads, innovative kinds of sandwiches. They have great appetizers. This is first class all the way, the finest quality ingredients done with the expert touch of Chef Michael Gottlieb. The Anchor is a fun place to take your family. There's a little side section for the kids to play games. And it's right on the water if you are uh, someone in a boat tooling down the Chifuncta. You can stop in and pick up a family barbecue pack. That's The Anchor in Madisonville, located at 407 St. Tammany Street, that phone number to make a reservation is actually that you can't make a reservation at uh, the anchor upstairs at Chifuncta. You can. The phone number is 323-4800. That's 985-323-4800. But it's first come, first serve. You walk into the anchor and uh, we highly recommend it. It's a great place to sit out in the sun or under the breezeway. The Anchor in Madisonville. And we'll be back after. Oh, no, wait. Did we? We did that. We came back. Okay, I was confused. We did the messages first, and then I came back to the show. All right, 5569696 is the number if you want to talk to me, Marianne Fitzmorris, or Tom, who comes and goes here on the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. We are talking about Easter weekend. We are talking about what everybody did over the weekend. We all had a great time, I think. It was a wonderful, beautiful 
weather weekend for everyone to really enjoy it. It was it was just fun. Good Easter weekend. I can't believe it's already April. Five five six nine six nine six is the number on Thursday. I meant I wanted to do the uh, tradition of the April Fool's joke, although that's just not something I get into and couldn't possibly make up one if I wanted to. But if you were missing that and wanted to share some of your favorites, we'll take calls on that too. Today is the birthday of Atlee Burpee. In 1848, his company sold seeds by mail order and the varieties of plants whose seeds he sold became dominant mainly because of that. I am almost finished. That's my dog moaning in the background if you are wondering what that strange noise is. Uh, we, I almost finished my, um, my woven metal basket, which is going to be my herb garden as soon as it's painted. And I'm really excited about that because I'm going to try my hand at expanding the herbs that I have. I've managed to keep a basil plant alive for a while. We never use it though, which is kind of a pity because um, a tomato basil salad is really delicious. I might, I might wanna do that because I found some little round, beautiful tomatoes that are cherry tomatoes, only gigantic versions of it at the farmer's market in Abita over the weekend. They came from Alabama and they're spectacularly beautiful. And I want to, uh, maybe that's what I'll do. I'll take those tomatoes and take some of that basil finely and uh, and use it that way. Five, five, six, nine, six, nine, six is the number. In honor of Owen Brennan, Tom has deemed it fancy poached eggs day. Most of the egg creations on Brennan's menu were French classics revived by Chef Paul Blanger. It became clear right away that the ones people liked most were poached eggs, which few restaurants offered in the 40s, atop some flavorful food like ham, crab meat, or cream spinach, and covered with hollandaise. From that came the endless variations we find today in any restaurant that serves Sunday brunch. You know what? I think that has waned a little bit. I think that the endless amount of Benedicts out there is going down. I think it reached a peak maybe a couple of years ago when there'd be like 20 Benedicts on a menu. And I don't see as much variety. Usually there's like a eggs benedict, eggs sardou, a crab meat benedict, a boudin benedict, and that's about it. I don't see as many as I used to. Am I wrong about that? I'm not some, I don't generally look for benedicts though. I'm not a poached egg fan. What are you looking, what are you about to say, Tom? Back in the uh, months and years, uh huh. Uh, whenever the, at the, uh, Commander's Palace or uh -huh. Brennan's for that matter. They were both doing the same. Uh, Brunch, you mean? Yeah. Uh huh. And they were uh, <clears throat> always uh, uh, make it a very big kind of substantial. It's a big substantial breakfast, and it they, is, for uh, sure. Looking for tops uh -huh. in terms of dollar bills. And uh, it was something. Uh Oh, so think, in other words, they were beefing up the breakfast to make more money. And they were off getting of it. it, of course. Yeah, the, the name right. of Brennan was such that. Oh, for sure, yeah. 
But yeah, they, back uh, the they managed to bring them, get brought down and came back before that. But uh, it's something that, that happens for us. Do you find though that there's as many Benedict dishes as there used to be on regular menus? I don't think that, I don't think that's the case. I really don't think that there are as many different variations of Benedict's. <laughs> I have to move away from my, my sad doggy. Just come over here if you want to get petted. Just come over here and stop moaning. Five five six nine six nine six. If you want to get a word in edgewise over the doggy moaning, uh, we'd love to talk to you. Yeah. The Edible Dictionary word today is brought to you by Dorgnex, one of the top twenty regional supermarkets of all time. And the Edible Dictionary word is eggs Benedict. It is poached eggs set atop grilled ham or some kind of biscuit or toast, with the entire stack topped with hollandaise. Eggs Benedict are universal in restaurants serving brunch or fancy breakfasts. Many variations on the idea exist, although some menus show a category of Benedict's or even Benny's. Many other ingredients have been used in lieu of the ham, ranging from other meats to fish or vegetables. How the dish was created is the subject of dispute with several authoritative sources, each telling a different story. Most agree that eggs Benedict became popular early in the 1900s. Several different people named Benedict have been put forth as the person who was present at its invention. Food writer Elizabeth David said it descended from an old French dish made with salted, dried codfish. Your favorite, Tom. Hmm? Your favorite, salted, dried cod. Bacalao. Well, you would try, try to avoid <laughs> that unless you're, a, unless you're kind of a... <laughs> The main data worth knowing are, A, the bread on the bottom needs to absorb the water from the poached eggs without getting soggy, and two, the hollandaise has to be flavored with a touch of red pepper. Um, a holland rusk is egg sardou, isn't Underneath it? Underneath that, when you get, go to Antoine's uh, or... Uh any of them, any, any of, of them. them. And there's this pocket underneath it looks like... Yeah. And then it's, it's very it's hard a disc. and yeah. very... Uh, hard. I, I thought it was a Holland rusk. You can call it that, but that's the original concept. And it's uh, and it comes up like this, but it's so hard that you put it in your mouth and you'll be happy you didn't or <laughs> try to get it back out. Well, it's supposed to, the eggs when they break are supposed to wet that so where it becomes much more edible than than when it starts out. You know, I am one of those people who's been a convert to brunch. I never liked it at first. Now that the brunch menus have expanded beyond egg dishes, I, I like brunch. 5569696 five, six, six is the number had, if you want to talk to us. We're here after the bottom of the hour news for the Louisiana Radio Network right now. Louisiana Radio Network, I'm Jeff Palermo. About 98,000 Louisianans received ineligible unemployment benefits last year, totaling $405 million, according to a legislative auditor's report. The Workforce Commission says an unprecedented number of filings led to the backlog of verifications and the late reporting of wages from employers were also responsible for the oversight. Auditor Chris McGee says the ineligible filings were from March 28th until December 31st. So what happens if you're overpaid? They attempt to enter into repayment agreements with the individuals. And if you don't agree to payments? They can collect on that individual's state 
or federal taxes. I'm Brooke Thorrington. Multiple media outlets are reporting that hush money was allegedly demanded from a friend of Gloria Scott, who has accused former LSU running back Darius Geis of sexual harassment in 2017. But Scott is denying that anyone asked LSU for financial compensation after the alleged incident. LRN. I'm Jim Harper, president of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. Whether you live in New Orleans or New Roads, Cheneyville or Lake Charles, agriculture makes a big difference in your daily life. That's why the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation is here to protect our precious food supply chain at the local, state and national levels. Become a part of our grassroots network. Visit LAFarmBureau.org to join today. The Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation, the voice of Louisiana agriculture. Hey, it's me, Gus the Gopher for Atmos Energy. I dig all around the yard. Occasionally, I bump into a utility line and get a headache. But if you hit one with your shovel, backhoe, or ditch digger, you could cause a gas leak, disrupt service, or worse. So call 811 at least three business days before you or someone else digs in your yard to have those underground utility-owned lines marked. It's free, and it's the law. You dig what I'm saying? For more on safe digging, visit atmosenergy.com slash 811. Over the last 75 years, New Orleans has gone through many changes, and so has WGSO. From our early beginnings in 1946, broadcasting from the Jung Hotel, being home to Papa Stapa in the 1950s, being a music station, talking biz radio to speak in easy New Orleans style, you, our loyal listeners, have been here every step of the way with WGSO. It's now our 75th anniversary, and we are so proud to have you here with us to celebrate. So we're going to celebrate all year long to show our gratitude to you and make 2021 our most successful year yet. And we will also continue to bring programs that appeal to people of all backgrounds. So from all of us at WGSO, we want to say thank you for making us the community voice of the Crescent City. You make me feel so young. Uh, isn't that wonderful? Five five six nine six nine six is the number. It's the Tom Fitzmorris Food Show. Marianne Fitzmorris here. Still trying to forget Michael's um, Michael's five bags of himself. <laughs> Tom, Tom is here with us on the Tom I'm, Fitzmorris Food I'm Show. We're here. talking about. Yeah. We're doing a little roundup of the weekend if you had a great weekend for easter we would love to hear about it if you had crawfish where was the good stuff there were people who were looking for crawfish and i and i don't really know where the great crawfish is i would imagine that it's to be found in a lot of places my favorite is mandeville seafood um last year i had some where did I have it? I picked it up from in the, you know, it was the COVID whirlwind at Easter last year. And I don't even remember where I got it, but it was, um, it was unusual. And I even add, I even asked someone about the difference in really dark red crawfish and lighter red crawfish. And um, I thought it was a dirt thing, but it's not. Five five six nine six nine six is the number. So we talked about Arno's, but only briefly. We went to Arno's on Thursday night for dinner. 
to mm-hmm. celebrate again Tom's birthday. All the birthday celebrations have been concluded, Tom. Thank you very much, I hope everybody. you're okay. <laughs> I hope you're okay with finally saying goodbye to your birthday two months after the actual birthday. So um, we had the souffle potatoes, which all three of us decided was the very best version of souffle potatoes out there. Uh, uh, soup, uh, soup. They were perfection. From uh, we were just talking about them. Uh, they were perfect. Arnos. They were perfection. So you think that'd be easy to get? It, but they're it, served in a really interesting Arnos, way. They came along, and they always had a lot of uh, those R stories, and uh, that had shifted from the top to the bottom all through there. But that's something that restaurants have been doing that for years. Yes, but but the definitive ones we all decided were the ones at Arno's. First of all, they are served in a napkin that almost looks like a zinnia flower, and it's it peaks in certain places, and they're placed in the peak of the napkin so that they stand up. It's it's quite a beautiful presentation, really. And then there was a very perky hollandaise. Yeah. Oh uh, no. Um, is it Bernays? Well, it's it, it depends on yeah, uh, the, on the one, and they've usually uh, burned it up a little at the top too. But uh, it's 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 out they there. They were Every, perfection. All the... There was nothing flaccid about them. No, they were perfectly no. puffed. They were perfectly crispy around the edges. They were absolute, the absolute pinnacle yeah. of uh, souffle potato perfection. The thing I first think about when I go there. That was the highlight of the meal, I thought. It was downhill from yeah, there. Yeah. Um, you had the oysters are no two orders of them. Yeah. And those were great too. They were absolutely fantastic. Incredibly hot, served perfectly on a really, really hot dish on the uh, on the rock salt. And then um, I'm just, as I think about it, I marvel at stories I've heard about people eating the rock salt, and I'm wondering what would possess them to do that. I don't understand. But anyway, Mary Lee had a bowl of the chicken andouille gumbo, which she also declared the pinnacle of chicken andouille gumbo. It was a really dark roux, like blackish, really dark roux. It was good. Okay. I took a bite of that. She ate all but the bite, and uh, and I didn't want to take any more from her. I had what I thought was the least impressive thing there. Oh, I had, I also had some shrimp remoulade, which I thought were sort of sad. They were sitting on a different version of a lettuce uh, base that they had previously served. Arno's has a really intense remoulade. It's the heavy laden horseradish, which gets you in your nose and throat. And um, I was just underwhelmed by it. It was sort of a small presentation on more interesting greens than previously. It used to be a shredded iceberg, and it was a bigger, what seemed to be a bigger portion, or maybe it was that the lettuce was spread out. I don't know, but it looked different, and it seemed um, a smaller 
less impressive version of of what I had had there in the past. It was darker. It was, I mean, it was fine. I mean, how far along can you go with shrimp remoulade? But it was different. The shrimp were smaller. Everything about it looked reduced. And then um, I had a really underwhelming piece of fish. It's called the Arno's Happy Meal. And it's the shrimp remoulade with the uh, almondine. And the almondine, it, first of all, the fish was greasy, which I was shocked by. It was smallish and greasy. And the almonds, which were plentiful, I mean, there was a massive pile of almonds in what was, I don't know, usually you would see it as a clear meniere butter, I mean, a clear brown butter sauce, but it, there was nothing liquid about it. It was almost like a, it was a congealed, if you could say that you had it sitting and the butter got cold again, it would be not solid, but congealed. That's what this was. There was a lot of almonds and a lot of butter, but it was congealed. And I just had never seen it like that before. It was, it was odd. They're not serving the cap bread right now, I guess, because um, they said they can't get it from Leidenheimer. So um, it was these little like rolls from Leidenheimer. And then um, there was no bread pudding Fitzmorris because apparently the bread being different makes the process of doing the bread pudding I won't say impossible, but not something they're doing right now. So it was a definitely a diminished experience at Arno's. They were very busy. Um, they were very happy to be back. It was, um, everything appeared to be normal, except for those changes that I mentioned. And, you know, everybody gets a pass. It's COVID time. But it was just a surprising meal um, for Arno's, for me, anyway. Like I said, the first half of it was perfection, but my experience and the things that I got were not. So, um, and it was just, it was odd. It was like the first time I'd ever had that experience at Arno's, which otherwise looked exactly the same. 5569696 is the number. If you want to talk to me, Tom is left for a little while. I'm here by myself. I'd love to talk to you. 5569696 is the number if you want to talk to me. I am going to first, before we go to another break, tell you about Chifuncta's, which is a fabulous place on the North Shore. It is in Madisonville. It is the upper part of the restaurant that I just mentioned, Anchor. There's one on top of the other one. These are two sister restaurants in the former space of Friends, but there is nothing recognizable about this space and Friends. We had lunch there last week. It was, uh, we brought a friend who had not been before. They were absolutely dazzled by the place as everyone is who walks in. It is a gorgeous space. It is um, from the food bar where you can watch them do the magic for the night, uh, making their own profiteroles for the amuse-bouche. 
uh, in everything else that they do there, which is absolutely 100% excellence. They bake all of their own breads in-house. We had their homemade uh, bread for the table, which was a simple but delicious bread, like a country bread. They have an expansive menu. Uh, lunch is a particularly expansive lunch. You wouldn't expect to see a lunch menu like that, but they have salads and entrees and uh, poor boys, which they have a different approach to. Things like a fish of the day, which on Thursday was a grilled red snapper over asparagus with some uh, crunchy parsnip chips. It, it's just a fantastically one-of-a-kind kind of restaurant. At night, you will see a silver dining cart go around the restaurant uh, like at the old Louis Sixteenth. It's that kind of excellence. Chef Michael Gottlieb is a superb chef who buys all the best ingredients and then turns them into kind of magic, I have to say. The service is also non-pareil. Chifunctas is the best new restaurant of 2020. It is, in our opinion, the best restaurant in the metro area. It's astonishingly good. Chifunctas is located at 407 St. Tammany Street in Madisonville. The phone number to make a reservation is 985-323-4800. That's Chifunctas, 985-323-4800. Don't miss that restaurant. It's superb. 556-9696 is the number. We are going to take a break and be right back. Care Restaurant and Supply has reopened for you to come in and shop. Care has all the wipes, gloves, and sanitizing supplies that you may need, and face masks. They have a great selection of takeout containers, too. Call Billy to help you plan the renovation of your kitchen or dining room. Home cooks will find a great selection of kitchen tools, too. Hours are 8 to 4 weekdays right now. Buy local. Our city depends on it. Care Hotel and Restaurant Supply. Call 482-0294. 4815 Conti Street. I get misty just holding your hand. I want to also mention that Antoine's is Tom's favorite restaurant. That's because it's a great restaurant. They've been at it for 181 years. Serving all the Creole classics. The typical, what you think of when you think of New Orleans food. They set the standard all that long time ago. Antoine's is where you're going to find Trout Meunier, Trout Amandine, Tom Dog, Dog. Trout Meunier, Trout Amandine, the Baked Alaska, which is their signature, the Oysters Rockefeller, which is their invention. They have all kinds of baked oyster dishes. They have all of this, the Creole classics that you've come to love. Antoine's is a great place to have a party where they can observe all the protocols and take care of your guests at the same time because they have so many different size rooms available. We had Tom's 70th birthday party there. It was outstanding to say the least. The food was matched by the service. The affable Charles Carter took care of us with his able assistant Silas and it was a wonderful, wonderful evening. And yes, I am gonna keep talking about it because it was one of those just magical evenings. 
Antoine's can do that for you too if you call them for your next party. You can experience Antoine's the usual way by making a reservation and having a wonderful meal at night in their cavernous dining room full of regulars and out-of-towners and locals. You can go to the Hermes Bar where they have happy hour every day in the afternoon and experience some of their food in a more casual environment. You can do their three-course lunch special, three courses for $21. Wine pairings are extra, $16. Antoine's, as Tom says, in all the world, there's only one Antoine's. He's got that right. 5569696 is the number. Today in 1881, Edwing Houston and Elihu Thompson received a patent for a centrifuge that separated cream from raw milk. It made possible all those creamy soups and sauces we love so much. Cream is particularly a sauce unto itself. It's a magic ingredient, so much so that restaurants overuse it, sometimes winding up with too many dishes that taste the same. When you find more than 15% of a restaurant's non-dessert menu made with a substantial amount of cream, you are in a restaurant with a failure of imagination. I would say that you're in a restaurant in New Orleans because that's what we do. It's all got cream and cheese and isn't it delicious? I used cream myself on my real strawberry shortcakes that I mentioned in the beginning of the show. I made some strawberry shortcake, one single one as a cake, as a dessert yesterday, just because I had it on my mind after arguing about the, um, the little sponge cake, which to me is a failure of imagination for sure. We had um, a great time yesterday. The strawberry shortcake was a really great overeaten. We had only a small bit of it left, but I'm really excited because strawberry shortcake is like the only dessert other than chocolate that I will actually eat, and only if it's a real strawberry shortcake. So we'll be having a few um, extra bites of that as, as it goes away, but it was spectacularly good and made with cream, as are so many other things. So thank you to, I can't even pronounce his name, Elihu, Elihu and Edwing uh, in 1881 who got their patent to separate cream from milk. Your deaf dining rule number 168, if you want to see how good a breakfast chef is, ask for coddled or shirred eggs. If they make either without question, you have a winner. Tom has always been a huge fan of something called shirred eggs, which I don't even understand. I think that, what was that dish at the Pontchartrain Hotel? Um, I want to say, was it crab meat something? Call us if you can think of that name. Crab meat, it's not on the menu anymore. It's Jack Rose now. And the only thing that made it to present day in the Pontchartrain Hotel on the menu at Jack Rose is the Mile High Pie, which they could never get rid of and shouldn't get rid of. But the other one was the crab meat dish, and I, I can't think of it. If you can think of it and don't want to call 
and talk on the radio, please call Henry and tell him so he can whisper it in my ear. Crab meat remick, that's it. Crab meat remick, which had an unusual, um, like a chili sauce with the crab meat. And I wanted to say that it had shared eggs in it, but it doesn't. I don't know why the shared eggs and the crab meat remick are um, inextricably linked in uh, in my mind. But it could be because Tom has these dishes that came into the marriage with him. And there are these really cool dishes there, um, about an inch high and about four inches in diameter. And they're made of like a thick ceramic and you can get them up really high in heat and nothing happens to it. And that's what he made his crab meat remick and his sheared eggs in. So that's probably why those two dishes are linked. The words to eat by for today are from Chef Paul Bocuse. Without butter, without eggs, there is no reason to come to France. I disagree with that, but uh, I could see how a lot of people would agree with that. And the words to drink by from Colin Powell, born today in 1937. Bad news isn't wine. It doesn't improve with age. Bad news isn't wine. It doesn't improve with age. I don't know. I'm sure that was apropos of something, but uh, fortunately, we don't know what it is. Food namesake today, Alberto Cubby Broccoli, the producer of the James Bond movies. He was born today in 1909. Not only does he have a food name, but one of his ancestors actually created the vegetable by hybridizing cauliflower. I'm grateful to him for that because um, I do actually like broccoli. There's an extraordinary amount of it that goes to waste sitting in the crisper in my refrigerator where I forget about it. Uh, I have some right now and I'm going to, I'm going to cook it because over the weekend we did the um, chicken in the oven because I didn't think I could get the grill started and uh, I have sweet potato and broccoli that I can eat for the inevitable day that I really do have to start that diet but I don't know I don't know what what that inevitable day is going to be so far all attempts to do it have failed uh, Nicole Dorgnat gave me one of those panoramic eggs that we were talking about on Thursday. And I thought it was gonna be one of those little eggs like Tom used to use for the Steppin' Out show. But this thing was a work of art. It's massive. I mean, by massive, I don't mean it's, you know, like a basketball or anything. But it's not the little bitty inch and a half egg this like the size of a normal egg it's not that it's the size of like a dino egg and it's gorgeous and she said that they sold out of them and they do it there's a woman who makes them for just dorgnecks and apparently they do it almost year round so um Next time you go to Dorgnecks, look for those panoramic eggs because they're they're rather exquisite, I have to say. I won't say they're on the par with a Fabergé egg, but it's a different, you know, who knew that eggs could be so artistic? But uh, this one was, and I was really glad to have it. 5569696, another edible dictionary word. Speaking of Nicole Dorgnack and Dorgnecks in general, 
One of the top 20 regional supermarkets of all time, says Food & Wine Magazine. Today's edible dictionary word for this hour is huckleberry. It's a close relative of the blueberry. Huckleberries are typically smaller, more tart, and have bigger seeds than their more celebrated cousins. Several species grow throughout North America, which is where the entire family originated. Roughly speaking, the farther north they grow, the bigger and sweeter they get, and the later they ripen. The best are found in Alaska in August. The huckleberries in Louisiana are very small and ripen in April. We actually have a lot of wild huckleberry bushes here at this property. Almost all are picked in the wild, where they're also appreciated by animals from birds to bears. Gather enough of them and you can make a good pie. The name is a corruption of hurdleberry, a word that began to be forgotten after Mark Twain published Huckleberry Finn. In addition to the sad crop of prickly pear that we have, because after I talked to Stan the other day, I actually went outside and made a specific search of the prickly pears that we have to be harvested here and am sadly going to conclude that I was correct in my assumption that we do not have nearly the amount of prickly pear that we used to and that we'll be lucky to get anything out of it. But I am going to try. I'm going to wait and see if these uh, prickly pears, I, I mean, I'm talking like five when it used to be more like 50. And I'm going to try to do something with them. Maybe I'll pickle them or something. But I was looking for it maybe to do like a syrup or something for that pork over the weekend. So I'm now going to experiment with the prickly pear as Stan is experimenting with his. But we had two crops here that were grown without any interference from us, which is when we try to interfere, it becomes interference and it backfires on us. So we don't really usually bother to grow things. But um, we had the prickly pear, which just came up and there it was. And there are these bushes of huckleberries that Mary Lee used to love to attack with passion and stand there just picking all the huckleberries off. But what's odd about it and I wonder if this is just sort of like a natural thing that a person who actually knows how to grow things would be shaking their head wondering why I don't know it, but it's because I don't grow very much. I mean, I don't grow anything. I try to grow some things and they don't usually work. But apparently, I guess maybe the more you pick something, the more it grows. I guess that makes sense. But um, maybe we just stopped harvesting the prickly pear and now we don't have them. And Mary Lee grew up and stopped standing over the huckleberry bushes and picking them off and eating them one by one till she had eaten like a hundred of them. So maybe that's it. Maybe you have to actually harvest these things to encourage them to grow more. But both of our crops are sadly down. Maybe I'll try to go pick some and see if we can encourage something to happen. That's it for the show today. I want to mention <coughs> that uh, this is the 75th anniversary of WGSO. Please go to their website, wgso.com. You'll see that it's beautiful. 
it's new and there's a donate button there. If you click it, because they're now a 501c3 corporation from the IRS, your donation will be tax deductible. Please help us to improve the quality of the station across the board. It's the community voice of the Crescent City, the only locally owned news talk station in the town. It's WGSO.com. Please go click there and donate. Be part of our 75 for 75 campaign. Nomenu.com is our personal platform other than this one. It is where you will find hundreds of recipes. And I'm telling you, they're really good. I had some over the weekend that I was looking at that I'm going to do some more of. The recipe section, there's the dining diary. There's Time's 50-year uh, body of work writing about food, about restaurants in New Orleans. It's where you will find uh, things that are going on around town in restaurants, things that have opened. Um, it's just a really good resource for anything about food and particularly New Orleans food. Nomenu.com, N-O-M-E-N-U.com is where you'll also find our podcasts. You go there and it's right on the front page. It is where you can sign up for our newsletter, which comes out twice a week. All those things are delivered to your inbox. That's N-O-M-E-N-U.com. Please tell a friend about the show. We escape for two hours every day, two to four. <clears throat> I think they would appreciate it if you told them about it. We have our Instagram page at the New Orleans Menu. Please follow us there. Tim McNally up next with the Nine One and Spirits Show. Good night, WGSO New Orleans. Hey, this is William Wallace with William Wallace for America. You can hear me on Tuesday nights from 5 to 6 here in WGSO 990 AM, New Orleans, Louisiana. Sir Andy Slavitt opened a briefing. Nearly one in three Americans. And